0: flat plains of West Texas and the beaches and bayous of Louisiana, K-A-Y-T 88.1 FM. Welcome to Living by the Word with Greg Tejada, pastor of the Word Christian Center in Alexandria, Louisiana. I invite you to stay tuned as I share a powerful message from God's Word that will change your life. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And now, here's today's message. You know, if you're slow for you, you're gonna waste time looking for stuff. Slowfulness will cause you to be disorganized. Unorganized, and you'll spend time trying to find stuff, wasting time looking for stuff that you should be able to put your hand on if you're to put it in a place. Right? You can miss out on a lot of things just by being lazy and being slowful. Proverbs six six through twelve says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Another translation says, You lazy bones. Consider her ways and be wise, which have no guide, overseer, or ruler, provides her meat in the summer, and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you sleep, old slugger? When will you arise out of your sleep? A little slumber, a little sleep, a little folding of the hands to sleep. Right? How many of y'all ever been there? A little slumber, a little more sleep. How many of y'all hit that snooze button? How many of you snooze till... You ain't got no more time to snooze. That snooze button will cause you to be slowful. It's all right to use it sometimes, but it ought not be a way of life that you automatically, I mean, why are you going to set the clock at a certain, you lying to yourself. I'm getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning. You lying. You done figured in the snooze time. What you really saying is I'm going to wake up at 6. And I'm going to hit the snooze button. Listen, listen, I'm right here with y'all. We all in this together. Look, I done woke up hit that snooze button and didn't even know I hit it. Didn't never wake up. Just automatic, bam. Didn't never wake up. (laughs) How many of y'all hit the snooze button and never woke up? Just, then you look at the clock and say, the clock, something wrong with the clock. Now we blaming, we making excuse. See, we get, we got to blame somebody for us oversleeping. And your boss, you walk in, your boss said, what you doing being late here today? My clock. The snooze didn't go off. The alarm didn't go off this morning. We blame something else. Just say, look, I just didn't get up on time. Take responsibility. <laughs> we blame everything else. Well, you know, my children are supposed to wake me up. You know, they get up every time I hear them running around. I didn't hear them this morning. <laughs> Proverbs ten twenty six: lazy people are an irritation to the employer. As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is the slugger to them that send him. Otherwise, you give a lazy person an assignment, you know, it ain't going to get done. I'm going to tell you, it's an irritation. Smoke in the eyes. How many of you have smoke in your eyes? Oh, it's an irritation now. Your eyes wasn't made for smoke. Proverbs 13:4 says, The soul of the sluggard desires and have nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. See, he's talking about diligence and being slowful. The soul of the diligent shall be made fat, which means prosperous. Amen. So you have to be willing to work and willing to... Expend energy. All work is not easy. You know, everybody want an easy job. I'm believing God for a job. What kind of job do you want? Something easy? (laughs) (laughs) That's number one on the list. First requirement. Got to be something easy. Something that's not going to inconvenience me. Something where I'm not going to get too dirty. You know, I want not go to work clean, come home clean. Want to go to work smelling good, come home smelling good. <laughs> right? Wrong prerequisite. That shouldn't be the top of the list. Something easy. Sluggy wants, but he gets nothing. Proverbs twelve twenty seven says the sluggard will go out and, and kill his food, to, you know, get his food to eat, but he's too lazy to cook it.
1: <laughs>
0: now, y'all laughing at the poor hunter because he don't want to cook his food. But how many of y'all got food in your pantry? And you walk there and you stare at that pantry. I got to cook that. We ain't eating that tonight. That's going to take too long. I ain't slaving in this kitchen over y'all. Don't nobody appreciate me no way, <laughs> right? You got food right there, but you know I'm going to bed hungry tonight. Why? Too lazy to cook. We got any eggs in there you can throw in the skillet? We'll eat breakfast tonight. Throw some eggs in there, put a sli- couple slices of bacon in there. Make some something quick and easy. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it real. I'm trying to bring it home to you. See, we're we laughing at that poor hunter. He went out there and killed his food and then it's too lazy to cook it. But you got food in your cupboard and too lazy to cook it. And we would rather go to bed hungry. And get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and still go, it ain't never changed. It's still in there. 3 o'clock in the morning, you walking, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. It's still in the it's still in the pantry. Cook it <laughs> <laughs> Proverbs
1: 1224
0: says that the slow the slow for and that word slow for that means laxness, slackness, slackening, lazy will be put to force label. So when you are lazy, Nobody's going to give you the best-paying jobs. Right. Lazy people going to always have the jobs that require the most energy. Isn't that true? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody's going to promote somebody that's lazy. Nobody's going to give them a desk job if they're lazy. Right? People that's lazy, they say, now, look here, we need somebody to go out there and sweep out something out there. You know, we need somebody to do some, all these. I know sometimes that ain't fair and all that kind of stuff, you got some people that really work hard, you know. But I'm just saying, I'm talking about the attitude here, the attitude. Now, that's not true in every case because, I mean, there's jobs that's got to get done, and we appreciate every hard-working person. Sometimes people just, you know, that's what they have to do to make a living and to provide for their family, and we don't look down on that at all. I'm talking about a lazy person, right? But even, even if you... Even if you have a job that nobody wants to do, nobody still want a lazy person doing it. <laughs> Even if you're doing a job that nobody wants to do, they still want you to do it good. Right. My dad my daddy had a janitor's job for, what, 20 years? 22 years at Nackman Elementary. You know, that was his job, but we did all the work. We did I ain't gonna say we did all of it, but we did 90% of it. He was the inspector. I worked over there, Bubba worked over there, Ricky worked over there, Keith worked over there, Reggie worked over there, Twain worked over there, only people that didn't work over there Jack and Tammy. And my daddy's come there and say, come on, let's go and inspect. And if you missed something, I'm going to tell you, he was on it. You didn't get away with nothing around my dad. Now, he had certain things he wanted to do, and that was his part. He said, no, I don't want y'all doing this here. Because we were little boys, you know, growing up and stuff. He said, I got this right here, but y'all have that done when I get here. Then he checked us out. My dad was not a lazy man. My daddy cut cut yards and had a a grass-cutting business before people had a grass-cutting business. On his off days, I was out there pushing a lawnmower. (laughs) Till one day I hit something. He run me off too. (laughs) He thought I did it on purpose because I ain't want to be there. It really was an accident. I really didn't see it. I hit a pipe coming up out the ground. Bent the blades up on it. I ain't gonna even tell you what he told me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. Huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. See I throw it in line He said, You, you KO <laughs> Y'all fill in the blank. I was 16 years old when I got my last whooping, and it's all Deal's fault. My daddy used to cut his, her, her daddy's uh, grass, and he was going over there one evening, he say, now, uh, Greg, meet me over there, bring them gas cans, I'm going to cut that grass after we get off work today, and you know, Deal lived across the by, she's just a little girl, she lived across the and you know, I could see where the truck come around the corner. I said, well, I'll wait till I see Daddy get around the corner, and then I'll just take the gas can over there, and by the time he get everything out of the truck, you know, I'll be there with the gas can, because I'll be there in, you know, two or three minutes. Well, I kept on, I was playing, having a good time. And every now and then I'd look over there and I'd say, no mm, old truck ain't coming, I wonder what happened to Daddy? Well, he took another route. He went the other way that I wasn't counting on, so he's sitting there waiting. I didn't see no truck coming. Then I saw that truck coming from where Dears live. I said, oh, Lord, that truck was flying. I'm gonna tell you, you know, I saw him on the other side of the by, I went and got the gas. Before I could get out of the yard, the truck was there. All the way down, across the bridge and there. And you know, he used to slow down. When you go pull up in the yard and put it in low gear, that time he just went right, right up in the yard. And I was running with that gas can. I said, oh, Dad, I'm on the way, Dad. I was just on the way. He went and pulled a limb off that apple tree. I had some short cut off blue jean pants on. I can't tell you what he said i tell you what he did, he tore my tail up Is what he did. I thought I was bad, I'm 16, I'm bigger than him, I'm stronger than him now. I play football, I'm too big for a whooping. He can't do nothing but fuss now. He sure surprised me that day. Broke skin on me. I still got the scars. My daddy said that's a mark of a man. See, I made a man out of you, boy. Every time you look at him, remember, I made a man out you. Wouldn't even let me come help him cut the grass, that bitch. Snack them gas, cans from him. Come off. You've been listening to Living by the Word with your host, Greg Tejada, pastor of the Word Christian Center in Alexandria, Louisiana. I trust that you receive received the Word of God that will change your life and make you strong. This message is available for a gift of $8 postage paid. If you would like a copy of today's message, call us at 318-442-8100. That's 318-442-8100. Or write us at P.O. Box 13195, Alexandria, Louisiana, 71315. We invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 a.m. and on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. for worship service. We're located at 4701 Lee Street, just two blocks off MacArthur Drive. Until next time, may God richly bless you.
1: and sisters in Christ, you are now tuned into the media ministries of Kingdom First Ministries of Bossier City, Louisiana with Minister Catherine Young. Listen now to a word in season from Minister Catherine Young from a message already in progress. Our goal, our goal is to become like him. Our goal is to become like him. And like I said, we're we're not going to be perfect, but at least our reflection should shine through. That when people see you, they know that it's something different about you. And then when they see that difference in you, it compels them and they're drawn to you. Because they know they want what you got. Amen. And that's what we have to fix. That's what we have to get in line. And don't think that I'm just preaching, preacher, bah, bah, bah. That's what we all have to get. That's what I'm talking about when the scripture says we go from glory to glory. But you can't stay stuck when you first got saved and stay in that glory spot. Because God is progressively moving. And when he's moving, we should be following. Because we should be like, God, I want more of you. God, I'm tired of being bound right here. See, you, you, you see people in their glory, but you don't know nothing about their story. So while you sitting back and you judging them, and you judging their praise, you judging how they look, you talking about it don't take all that, you don't know what they've been through. doing this they going from glory to glory but you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired amen i tell people all the time i am not going to heaven just sitting around here being bored i'm not gonna sit in church every sunday and make this a routine come on let me do my due diligence because this is what we do we come to church on sunday I'm not going to sit and be saved, pay tithes and offerings, work in the church, and still miss out on the glory. See, I'm not going to live like Moses did, did all that work. Brought the people out of Egypt through the power of God. And them folks complained the whole time. See, Moses was a good man because I'd have been like, God, kill them all. Kill them all. See, but that's why I ain't God. <laughs> Now, you was bound in Egypt. You was working 365 days a year. You didn't have nothing good to eat. See, y'all all trying to act cute because I'm talking about you. You ain't had nothing. And God bring Moses in and he said, you know what? Bring them people out. Now, God already knew they was trouble. He already, it didn't catch them by surprise, didn't catch God by surprise when they started complaining. He didn't say, oh, what did they say? He already knew they was going to clown. But he chose to bring them out anyway. And Moses led them out. Them jokers complained the whole time. Why you bring us out here to die? You could have left us in Egypt. At least we was eating the leeks and the garlic. We had some. Moses, why you did this? Moses, why you did that? I was reading the Bible. You know how you go from calm and then your eyebrows get cocked up, you're getting mad. I was like, and then every time God went to get them, Moses and Aaron would stand between God and the wrath. Oh, God, please don't take them out. Please don't get them this time. If you kill them, people going to talk about you and say you brought them all the way out here to kill them in the desert. God lift his wrath. Them jokers went around the same mountain for 40 years. Now, theologians believe that that trip shouldn't have took them but two to three weeks. For forty years, how you do that? You would think that somebody would go around the mountain. Did we come this way before? You could think that. This looks familiar to me. We, man, we've been this way before. Ain't nobody know nothing. Cause they were so busy complaining and whining, so they didn't even pay attention. So 40 years, now in the 40 years, God is reflecting his glory. He done appeared in the, when they, when they was cold at night, he put a pillar of heat over. You're not like y'all cold in our church right now. If you say, Lord, send that pillar of fire, you'll warm up. In the day when it was hot in the desert, he brought the cloud to cool them. When Pharaoh chased them all his glory, he sent whirlwinds to throw them off. And the biggest miracle, oh, they finna get us. Pharaoh coming. Moses looked at the Red Sea and it divided. I'd have been like, you are the only true and living God. There is no other God. Oh, God, you are faithful. You are the best. You are the only. The Red Sea. Them jokers, no soon as they got to the other side. <laughs> nah. God's glory should have been all on yes. other nations should have saw them and say oh that's God's people yes. and the, the funny thing about it is the Bible people the Bible tells us that the other nations knew them because of God not because they were such great people but they saw the glory God they saw everything But we just complain, and we whine, and we mourn, and we never transformed. It's got to be more to this thing we call Christendom. You understand what I'm saying? If you're going to go to church every Sunday, if you're going to go to Bible study every Wednesday, Tuesday night, if you're going to do all that, live it. See, I'm not going to go to hell doing all that good stuff. See, that's the problem. We don't talk about hell no more. When I talked about hell, the whole room took a breath. (gasps) Because we don't talk about that because we want people to be comfortable. And we don't want to offend nobody. We don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. But I'm going to tell you, if you don't have an authentic relationship with Jesus, sad as it might be in hell you gonna lift up your eyes and that is word 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 see how I get quiet See you could gaze by the atmosphere you know people like oh, am I really safe? And you gotta you gotta check your fruit you get in that mirror and you say you know what what do people see when they see me? Do they see Jesus? Because, see, you could primp, you could fix all this up on the outside and be fly, but toe up from the floor. Toe up. You can't help nobody else because you still bound. You still mean. You ain't changed and you ain't transformed. And you look good, but you ain't happy. You look fly, but you ain't happy. See, we have allowed people to destroy us. And we got to get free from that. Okay? You was molested. Okay? And we're not making fun of that. Okay? But it's time to be free. Amen. Amen. You understand? Because see, while you crying and you whining over your past, that other person is free, but you still in prison. Amen. And you don't know where they're at, what they're doing. They could probably already gave their life to the Lord and living and die and go to heaven after all they did did, long as they repented, but you still bound up. Amen. You divorced. Okay, let's get over that. Amen. Okay, another sister in the church hurt you. A brother in the church hurt you. Passing them hurt you. Okay, like they say, build a bridge and let's get over it. Yes. Amen. Because you can't stay here. Because long as you stay there, you reflect no light. You reflect none. Amen. So we got to get to that place, what the Bible calls, where rather the Greek word says it's metamorphosis. It's that time where you come. From being a caterpillar to a butterfly. Amen. And it says change. When Paul talked about in the text we read, he said we all, he said us all, are to be transformed and changed. Transformation is for all Christians. It's not for a select few. Amen. It's for all of us. So it means once you you get Jesus coming into your life, the Holy Spirit. When you accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit is going to come into your life and you're going to notice a change. See, that's that's why you can't tell me you can't habitually sin and say you saved. That's right, that's right, that's right. And if I hear one more Christian say, God knows my heart, I'm going to fight you. I'm going to fight you. <laughs> well, baby, God knows my heart. You done told the whole church you... You'd heard everybody, well, well, and then you go somebody tell you, well, God knows my heart. Let me hear that one more time. Because when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, he starts sending up red flags. When you get ready to say something to Ray Ray and cuss him out, the Holy Spirit be like, Boom. moving he walks with us he talks with us and he even warns us he lets you know when sister Holy Ghost is finna clown at church so he tell you already get ready get ready get ready cause she is gonna get you but instead of you arming up and say you know what I'm gonna get her back we gotta let the Holy Ghost do that work and you start rebuking them devils before you even see her. We need the help of the Holy Ghost. If you say the Holy Ghost is going to do the work, only thing you got to do is listen and obey. The Holy Ghost is going to do the work. But what we do is, we so, we so uh-uh, she tell me, I'm going to tell her. I'm going to get her. Lord, I'm going to put this Christianity to the side because I'm going to get her. I know none of y'all do that. I just just do that. Because we think that we feel better if we go ahead and tell each other off. I'm going to throw this religion down. How do you throw religion down? And then you say, oh, I'll pick that back up right now. You just can't do that. So that's why God is calling us to a place of examination. The Bible talks about, if you read that whole Corinthians um, chapter 3, it talks about how Moses, when he went into Mount Sinai, and he said, into the presence of the Lord, when he came out, he was so full of God's glory that the people couldn't even look at him. What, what's wrong with him? Because, see, some of us scared of God. You see the God on somebody, Mm. it ain't it don't take all that. She ain't saved. (laughs) She ain't saved all that, just putting on. She ain't saved. But they saw the the glory of God is shown through. And the people was like, oh my God, we can't look at him. We couldn't, because they it was too much God. And when they saw too much God, it exposed the sin in them. You see what I'm saying? And see, that's like us. When we see somebody that's full of God, or like we say to old folks, when, when growing up in my age group, when we was young, we see a man, a woman, of God, we respected them. Yeah. If you saw them walking up the one side of the street, you walk on the other side. Yes, sir. Th- man. Minister Young, hope you were blessed by this in season word. You may contact Minister Young at 318 286 0881. Or write Minister Young at Kingdom First Ministries LLC, Post Office Box 72011, Bozier City, Louisiana, 71172 2011. Or email her at QueenQ. U-E-E-N-I-S-A-S-E-R-V-A-N-T.